It's happening. We're doing this? We're doing this. Is this episode three? This is episode three, and this time, with two microphones. We have two microphones. And they're they're decent microphones, too. They're pretty good. Uh, Kurt and Stu kind of just left in a hurry, and we took their equipment. Yep. And uh, this is week three that they've been gone, and quite frankly, there's no sign of them returning. I don't think so. I mean, they kind of took the cars, they took the gas, they took the credit cards. They took the kids. They took, I don't even know whose kids they were. I don't, I don't think Kurt or Stu have children. So <laughs> two kids were kidnapped. Two kids were kidnapped. <laughs> but two older our... radio personalities. And they left us in their wake. So we, uh, I guess we're just permanently filling in now for Kurt Manfred and Stu Loretti. On the Green Hour. With Justin Kirschenbaum. Josh Herbert. That's us now. Yep. Maybe uh, since we're three episodes in, it might be time to actually tell people who we, we are. are, who they're listening to, and and uh, you know allow them allow them to see into the world of the people that are going to be taken over for Kurt and Stu on a pretty much a permanent basis, unless of course those two old men come back. Well, unless we see them on the news uh, on a manhunt. Going down like Highway 65. Or a Man Tracker. Man Tracker is a great show. That was a great show. Man, I love old TV. But before we get into that, we should get into ourselves. Yeah. So who Wait, are you? you want to get into us? Well, Physically I mean, or like a... Emotionally, let's stimulate each other. Okay. With our, with our words. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to talk dirty. Yeah. Um, so I'm Justin. This is obviously Josh. That um, is me. We are aspiring comedy writers. What else are we? Humans. Aspiring men. We are aspiring men. You know, we both had different outlooks on life, and we figured we'd just chat about it and see what our viewpoints have to bring on such random topics. And they've been random thus far. Two episodes in, they've been extremely random. Yeah, I mean, Kurt and Stu didn't really leave us with any uh, direction, so we kind of just took over and uh, made it our own. Yeah, took uh, took their morning radio show and turned it into a podcast. Uh under the guise of either being, like, it's called the Green Hour with yeah. Kurt Manfred and Stu Loretti. So I think that creates the illusion for most people that it's either about the environment or Which we've talked about, about weed. Or it's also about people that are new to things and, like, you know, when you're like a green Ah, when you're green, like a yeah. rookie. Yeah, yeah, So it's like their first podcast, but they kind of gave up after not even the first episode. <laughs> and not even showing up. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's kind of like we're green, we're taking over, we're young. But I'm older. You are older. You're two years older. Uh, yeah, two years older. I am, I am two years older. And I've experienced more in that time frame in my first two years of life than you will ever know. And it's... Oh. Yeah. Oh, so all your extra experience occurred you pretty in the first much, two years of life. And you not, pretty much missed Bill Clinton being president. I did. I mean, I don't know how long he was president for. I don't either. But like you, weren't, you didn't experience that the way I did. It, but you were also... Again, only two years older, so you, I'm not sure what kind of political, uh, how how political you were as a two year old child, but <laughs> more than you like, more than I like, or more yeah. than you like. I mean, I'm still not really politically active, not as much as I was in my four year old days, but like I'm talking about the time when Power Rangers was around. Like you weren't. I remember that, but you don't remember it as much as we did. You didn't have the toys. You didn't appreciate it. You know, you weren't waking up at six a.m. to like. Let's go. Like, let's watch Billy and the other guys just kick ass. How you, how often did you wake up with that sort of adrenaline at 6 a.m.? Because have you ever seen the intro to Power Rangers? Yeah. It is the most adrenaline-causing 
introduction to any TV series you will ever witness in your entire life. The shredding on the guitar, the insane heavy metal music, and like the explosions, the monsters, the zords, like it, it is just, like you don't understand. It's like the opposite of the George Lopez show. Have you seen the intro to that? No. Because I've only ever seen, my only experience with the George Lopez show is if you go on vacation in like Southern Florida, it's on the TV in the hotel room. I think that's the only place <laughs> that it has only been, place it's ever only heard. place it's ever been played and ever going to play. And the theme song is like some Santana song and it's just a, all the cast members jumping on trampolines and it's very chill. It also seems very dangerous. Yeah. They sort of jump like into frame and then out and they sort of just wave awkwardly the camera and like, what is this American <laughs> Spanish sort of Mexican show that I'm watching? I don't know what it is, but I don't hate it. See, I feel like I would hate it because I, I kind of like to think that I grew up in the golden age of television, you know, Simpsons was in its prime, possibly the greatest era of Simpsons of all time. There's been a lot of eras. It's been on for far too long. Yeah, but the first seven to ten seasons are the greatest. Right. And you, as someone who does not watch The Simpsons, does not appreciate that? No. See, because you grow up watching terrible TV shows like Teletubbies and Barney. Are you comparing The Simpsons to Teletubbies? Yes, because like you're, the con- you're, you're comparing the content era. directly. You were born in an era where The Simpsons was no longer in their prime. So you didn't have the luxury that I did. Okay. You were born far too late to really appreciate excellent television. I'm talking Rugrats, SpongeBob, Dexter's Lab, Street Sharks. You've never seen Street Sharks. What the fuck is Street Sharks? It is the greatest show you will ever watch. It's about these four scientists that for some reason get turned into sharks and they just fight people and kick ass. And Andrew Rannells did one of the voices for it. Who's that? He's he's like a comedian. He's hilarious. Okay. And I found that out last year when he was in the movie that I was working on. Yeah. And then I was like super excited. Cause I'm like, I was wait, he probably, was in a simple favor. Yeah. Oh, really? And I was probably the only one that's ever seen street sharks who remembers it. Right. But huh. uh, you know, I think that's a perfect opportunity. Mention the fact you work on a simple favor. Yeah. I think that's a good opportunity to get into more about who we are and what we do and what we've, what we've done, what we, which isn't much accomplished. Uh, no, one I, would I, I would no, I would not use the word accomplished. No, I don't either. feel that I've accomplished anything after the first 24 years of my life. I don't actually think, that I have anything to my name. I think I've happened well, to be places at certain times when stuff was happening around me and I got to be a part of it, but I don't think right. I contributed anything. Like you remember where you were on 9-11. Yeah, I'm, I was playing Pokemon Crystal. Pokemon Crystal, right. Yeah. yeah, never did. I was outside at recess, so we weren't playing Pokemon. Well, I, at some point in the day, I had recess, but I just remember coming home and playing Pokemon Crystal on my front right step so like you just kind of looked up at the tv they're like world trade centers attacked and you glance up you're like huh and then you went right back down and like yeah it meant nothing to me yeah. i was six yeah you were eight i was eight and, i was and older four years out of wise your, you were four years outside of your politically active days you know what i i think though i think and this sort of ties into you know what we are who we are and what we do so justin and i are both currently office pas um, he is on a movie called, let's not say what it is. Okay. Just in case. That, that's fair. That's fair. Oh, cause you, right. Cause it's not quite. Yeah. I can say what I'm on. Right. Cause it's like publicly revealed. Yeah. So I yeah. work for a show called the boys and uh, we're both trying to be comedy writers. And but maybe, we're not that funny, but we're not that funny. Yeah. We suck. And, uh, you know, hopefully this will make us better. But if at any point in my future, 
I become like a network exec or something, I would love to just be really ballsy with the job and put on like, say I run some channel. NBC. NBC. I would love to put on Christmas movies in mid-July. I would love to put on Halloween movies in like early April and just completely screw with people, just really mess up the flow of their day when they turn on the TV and it's completely seasonally inaccurate. See, it's funny. It's funny you talk about that because I was actually uh, watching the movie or I was on the movie network last night and funny enough, there were about 15 Christmas movies that were available and I was scrolling through. I'm like, what the hell? I don't want to watch a Christmas movie. It's July. It's stupid, dumb. So someone out there at Rogers has the same mindset. They must be an idiot yeah, because no one understands television over there at Rogers if they're putting Christmas movies on in July. Or they just got a big set of balls and they just like to do what they want with them. Or they just got fired and they're on their way out. That could be it too. That could be it. That could be a great exit. Now, you mentioned that you wanted to be a network executive one day. No, I just, if I... Because that's never going to happen. Let's no, just be honest. If I wind up in that position, yeah. this is what I would do. I right. Would, I would just completely screw everything over and just really throw my career out the window. See, and that's where I think we're headed. We're just going to coast so low in the world that we're going to end up just, you know, living in couches and peeing our pants all the time because we just don't care and don't have enough motivation to be, you know, the head of NBC because we'll never get there. No. Which sucks. If I'm not getting there, you're not getting there. And if you're not getting there, I can tell you, I'm not getting there. No, exactly. And I want to get somewhere. I'd love to get somewhere. Where that is, I don't know. I'd love to, you know, get out of here. I would love to get out of here. I want to go home. I want to go to bed. I You're am in, home. We are, we're in your home. But that's not what I mean. It's not much further to go. I want you to leave so I can go to sleep. Fair enough. So I can get 11 hours before I need to wake up for work tomorrow. 11? I don't get 11. I get maybe five. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah, where that's I'm at. Yeah, brutal. Um, so the t- we decided to do a topic for this week's podcast. Um, a theme, if a theme, you will. not a topic, yeah, not, a a, not a topic, a theme. There's a difference. We kind of want to have a theme for every episode because it, it gives us a, a direction to go with and a structure. And I don't think we've gone there yet in the last 10, 15 minutes we've started recording. No, it's it's probably time to introduce the theme and some of the things we talked about uh, or want to talk about that sort of fall in the umbrella of the theme. Now, this week's theme is dire consequences. <laughs> Which is a little darker than we would normally go for. But Last week's episode was very dark. It was. But seeing as this is episode three, I feel like the numbers just kind of make sense. Yeah. The third episode is where you go darker than ever before. Yeah. Kind of like The Prisoner of Azkaban. This is the third time it in was a row the third on, book. On, I've mentioned Harry Potter. Yeah. Despite the fact that you're not, not really interested. Yeah. Like I said, I stopped after the fifth book because it was sucked ass. Again, I don't agree, but... <laughs> Uh, we're going dark just like the person of Azkaban did. Um, did they go dark though? Yeah, like, yeah What was, happened? He well, died, right? He killed his uncle or something? No, no, no. Uh, it wasn't, it was his godfather. Sirius Black was his godfather. Right. And, uh, he breaks out of prison. And, and then he, he got murdered. Later. He gets ah. murdered. Books later. I think in the fifth Was one, it the fifth? Oh, right. Because yeah, then yeah, he had the those end. dreams um, of Kim stabbing his uncle to death with his wand. Yeah. No. He was like... No. Deathlim Liviosa. No, Deathlim Deathlim Liviosa. That's definitely not stabbing it. Stabbing him with his razor wand. What Harry Potter did you watch? 
I think there wasn't enough real-life things happening in Harry Potter. You never heard about, like, the stock markets and the wizarding world. Or, like, <laughs> actually, the, the actually cars they drove. I, I had a few parts, but... Do you? Do you I mean, you know the bank run by, like, the gremlins? Where did they get the their gold from? I don't know. Did they have miners? Like, what's the economy like? If You think they could just magic up money, right? Well, it's, it's London in the 1990s. But it's not, though, because half of them are normal humans and half of them are magic wizards. That is The London. wizards are totally London fucking up the economy. Do you not remember London in the 1990s? That's exactly what it Barely. was Barely. Like. I told you. I was only four. That's fair. What I'm saying is, how can you live in a world where there's people just trying to live their normal lives, they're going to work to get a job, to buy a house, to have kids, whereas you got Harry Potter next door who can magic up dinner for his family, who's, you know, you have to work your ass off to pay for that pizza to feed your family, Well, this guy next door can just make one out of thin air. You know, you, he's like, the wizards are like communists. They just have everything. They share it together. They're not giving it to anyone else. This capitalist pig next door who's struggling to make ends meet must see these gremlins mining for money out of thin air. Like, there, there's not enough books explaining the real-life consequences of wizards. That's, that's all I'm getting at. You would be the one who would get overly invested in the politics of of Harry Potter. And I'm not a political man, but yeah, I would love to know what J.K. Rowling was thinking when she just said, Harry Potter goes to wizarding school, despite the fact that who's paying for it? Wizard money? Yeah, actually. Where does it, where, who built the school? No, 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 they do Did get they magic that. up they the bricks? They do get into that. Did they steal the bricks from a river? It's his parents' the, the fortune. Clay? His parents have a fortune. So his parents created the school? No. They had to get the materials. They had to hire a survey team to make sure that it could be built on this bog or land, whatever it is. Which means they they had to go through. I think the, it's on a lake. Do they have more authority than the the prime minister or the queen? What do you think Queen Elizabeth had to say about these wizards? Come on, J.K. Let's get it going here with some politics. I just don't think that's a captivating book series. I think it is very interesting, and someone like me would love to read it. So whoever's out there making Harry Potter um, clash with uh, stuff you know just get at me text me tweet me if you want to reach me i don't have twitter did you just did you just reference kim possible i think you did <laughs> call me beat me if you want to reach me is that kim yeah, possible that's kim possible oh, i thought it was a song no it's kim never it watched is kim a song possible. it's the theme song from kim possible oh is it call me beat me if you want to reach me oh never watched it do you remember my life as a teenage robot no because it's my life as a teenage robot it was great no yeah i so see you're that missing wasn't... out wasn't a cartoon you got. So um, I, I was reading an article the other day. Yep. And I thought it was pretty interesting. Oh, you know how to read? I can. Yeah, because I'm old. Oh, right. Sure. I don't need reading glasses, though. We talked about glasses last week. No, but I saw an article. Um, I think it was actually dated from like three years ago. But it was kind of funny. It was about how India basically declared dolphins to be non-human persons so that they could no longer be used for entertainment purposes. Because they're so intelligent, they shouldn't be used as a thing for us to gawk at. Uh, okay. So imagine like SeaWorld, you know, you got the dolphins jumping through hoops. They're, tr they're you know, doing tricks and stuff. When all of right. a sudden someone puts their foot down and says, no, they deserve to have the same rights as human beings. Albeit not all of the rights, but close. Okay. So why did we have to specify? Sorry, what did they, what did they qualify them as? Non-human persons. So okay. essentially, because they're so intelligent, they're very similar to us, but obviously they're not bipedal walking great apes. But getting to that, but I think that there are other creatures that do deserve the same human rights as people, despite the fact that they are not us. And okay. mostly, I mean, I think chimpanzees have had the honor, but I'm looking at things, you know, like gorillas. 
this gigantic massive ape that can tear your skull apart with just one simple swipe but they're such sweet gentle creatures no they, they're not you just have you ever do you met, not well, remember harambe do you remember coco the gorilla she no. learned sign language she had a pet cat she had two pet cats actually and cried when it was murdered i think it died are you making this up I am not making this up. I've never heard of this. And the fact that Coco, before she died, did not have the same rights as you and me is frankly just appalling. I don't think so. I think that she should have had the right to vote, to get a library card, to have an education. She deserves the right to an education. You're telling me you're fine walking into your local public library and there's a gorilla just sitting on a chair reading John Steinbeck. Grapes of Wrath, and you're fine with that. You know what? If she wants to get an education and learn to read and aspire to be someone in this society, why should they be denied that right? Because they're gorillas. But they're not gorillas. They are non-human persons, in my personal opinion. So, you want a dolphin. You're, You're fine driving down the 401, coming home from work, and you look over to your left, and there's a dolphin. No, because there's limits. piloting the... The Dodge Grand Caravan no, to no, your no, left. No, no. The one thing they should not have is a driver's license. That's the only one thing. Well, think about it. First of all, a dolphin cannot live outside of the water. So your theory of it driving some sort of land-based vehicle is just stupid. Second of all, if you look at a gorilla, they're knuckle draggers. They don't have the dexterity and opposable thumbs that we have, nor are they, frankly, tall enough to be able to reach the pedals. Because the way their bodies are contorted, I think if they were to drive a car their arms would be so large and their hands would just crush the steering wheel that they would be able to not drive the car properly and they would cause way too many accidents. But if they want to buy clothes, go to the library, read Harry Potter and become a writer, go for it. They deserve that. Get them out of the jungle. They're being poached, murdered, sold as bushmeat. Are humans sold as as bushmeat? As bushmeat? Yes, bushmeat. What's bushmeat? It's what hunters kill in Africa, basically any animal, and they just sell it. So they kill like chimpanzees, monkeys, like exotic endangered animals. Yeah. And they sell it as bush meat. Ah, so they don't identify exactly what it is. No, exactly. Okay. But you know you're buying a chimpanzee when you see the body of a chimpanzee at your local market. Yeah, I've never seen that before. Well, because... <laughs> they don't have those at Sobeys. Well, because chimpanzees have non-human person distinctions. So they are now free to live like you and me. That's terrifying. They can take the bus. So, they can get a library card, as I mentioned. Okay, so hypothetically, you're okay with going to renew your health card at Service mm-hmm. Ontario and being serviced by a, a dolphin or gorilla. You know what? The fact that they were able to get that job, more power to them. Astounding. I would never want that job. But you know what? They went to school. They said to their parents with sign language, they said, Mom, Dad, listen, I want to grow up to be a clerk at a service Ontario. I want to be able to give people the identification because that's when you're handing out IDs, you are recognizing someone as a person. You have their height, their age, their sex, their weight, their address. And a gorilla has that distinction to give to someone else is just frankly incredible. So what other animals would you like to give non-human persons uh, identification to? Well, maybe octopi, but that's about it. None of the eh, elephants. The problem is they have to be smart enough to understand that they're being recognized. Okay, so it's, it's entirely based on intelligence and not at all based it's solely on their based inability. On okay, so it's not at all based on their inability to actually coexist with humans in 21st century life. No, I mean, you can never give a dog non-human person distinction. 
because if they had rights as we did, they would be abused because dogs don't have the intelligence to have restraint, you know, things like that to be able to communicate effectively with humankind. Right. So I think you have to limit it to just a few species to start. And then once they evolve and become more intelligent, you have a Zootopia kind of situation. And then, yes, I think we should give rights to most other animals. Sparrows, peacocks, <laughs> other bird-like creatures. So, okay, but you never want to... Is there any animals you want to give the right to drive to? No, no, no. Not Because yet. I was going to say... Not until they evolve thumbs. What is it Saudi Arabia or some other Middle Eastern country only just gave the right to women to drive? Yes, that was Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Yeah. So... I'm not saying that the because it, I'm it, not saying that just because gorillas can't drive that the gorilla the female gorillas shouldn't drive. All gorillas should not be allowed to drive. Right, because if you were saying that they should be able to drive, you're suggesting that just after one country in the world gave the right to women to drive, you want to now grant that right to dolphins, gorillas, and sparrows almost immediately after. <laughs> no, I, well, no, no. There'd be there's politics. You know, you have bills to pass, and I'm sure you'd have the great ape driving law. It would have to go through the UN. It's not going to happen In, until you give them like five to 10,000 years to evolve the manual dexterity to be able to operate a motor vehicle. But to be honest, by that time, we'll probably be a spacefaring people. So by the time they have the right to drive, they won't even need it. Right. So they're always going to they're always kind of going to be behind mankind in that respect, which could lead to some sort of planet of the apes scenario, which I'm not really thinking about yet. You're just not there. No, right not now quite. you're on. You're sort of right focused now, just, on trying to get these dolphins rights. jobs at the DMV. Let's give them jobs because, frankly, there are a lot of jobs that need to be filled, and there's a lot of aquatic jobs that the dolphins could fill in for: swim instructors, uh, scuba instructors, aquatic rescue folk. Um, the you want Coast human guards. beings to be rescued by dolphins? Human beings actually get rescued by dolphins in the wild. I all actually the time. have heard of that. I have heard yeah. of that. But then they also get raped by dolphins. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of a trade-off. It's, it's you get saved, but at your own expense. Right. That's uh, that's a lot to unpack. Yeah. But the problem is, as the gorillas are being slaughtered and slowly brought to extinction, if we give them these rights, they'll be more protected. They won't be you know, as endangered because they'll have the safety and protection of the world government rather than just a few recognized safety zones or cordoned off parks. Right. You know, this time they'll be in schools and libraries. They'll be maybe even in your own, your local florist selling you flowers. I don't know, but they'll be much safer. It depends what the career aspirations are. Exactly. You got to ask them. You got to teach them sign language first to ask them what they want to be in life. So we're not going to teach them English. Well, you teach them whatever language they want to learn. Why should they be forced to, to learn English? I think that's unfair and cruel. I think that's fair. If they want to move to Russia, they should learn Russian. If they want to move to Bolivia, they should learn Spanish. Is Bolivia a Spanish country? Uh, I'm pretty sure. I, I have no idea. Well, it's in South America. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Although Brazil is Portuguese. True. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that's that's a lot to think about. That's a lot to take home. Um, we'll take it home and unpack it, and we'll you know we'll make this happen. I mm. I know a guy in in um. Congo, we can we can figure it out. Okay. Yeah. Access to dolphins and gorillas. Well, dolphins aren't in the Congo. True. Because it's, uh, it's you know landlocked country. Right. But dolphins are in the Atlantic Ocean. Yep. I've swam with dolphins before. And one of my uh, yeah, I went to Curacao, on one of my family vacations, and my parents surprised us with the chance to swim with dolphins. 
And you know what? It was magical. I would but always I was be scared. afraid. What were you scared of? Because I would be afraid I'd accidentally penetrate the blowhole. See, I was scared with that, that like a finger or a. Well, I was scared because well, one of the mothers, one of the mother dolphins, had a baby there, and they warned us like, "Don't go near the baby because the mother could get aggressive." Right. Now, granted, this was ten years ago or so, so I was a teenager. No, I think it was. I think I was younger than that. So I, I, I was smart enough to not go near the baby, but I was scared that you know maybe a younger child would not understand that as well. It would go near the baby, and the mother would tear them to shreds, and because of that, the dolphins would be denied their non-human person status forever. Right. And I think that scared me the most because they were granted this not long after, and I was worried that this never would have happened. So you've been thinking about this for a long time. About two days now. Oh. But looking back, that's what I would have been afraid of. Right. Okay. Had I not been so exhilarated to swim with the dolphins. Right. Right. Um, what's the worst time, just to get back to the sort of dire consequences theme of the episode. Mm-hmm, yeah. What would you say is the worst time you've ever peed your pants? Because I find if you're, if you find yourself in a situation where you have peed or, or, or pooed your pants, mm-hmm. that's about as dire as it gets, especially as an adult. Yeah, and that's that's pretty much what my story is. Okay. Um, I think I was 18. Oh, that's old. And I woke up and realized I had peed the bed. Don't know how it happened. Were you alone in the bed? Yep, luckily. At home? Yep. Don't know how, don't know why. Had to go to work the next day, so I just brushed it off and call it a day. Kind of weird, kind of sad. But I moved on from it, and I grew up and became a better person. You built a bridge, and you got over it. I did. How about you? Ooh, much. I, I think I've had some worse. I've had some bad ones. Um, a few years ago, um, I was coming home from the bar, uh, from the Main Street Pub in Stittsville, and I was walking with a friend of mine, and we lived in the same neighborhood, and I think at that point in the night, I'd had a few drinks, but I hadn't broken the seal. So I was kind of holding... What do you mean you haven't broken the seal? Like, you know when you've been drinking, the first time you pee... Oh, yes, ...sort of yes, unleashes yes, yes. this this yes. tidal wave of urine that follows you for the rest of the night. Like, you have one beer, it takes about an hour, you pee, and then all of a sudden you're peeing every five minutes. Exactly. Yeah. But you want to hold it in for a few drinks. Oh, yeah. So I hadn't broken the seal yet, but it was the end of the night. Um, so we're walking home. She goes to her house after about five minutes walking. Mm-hmm. The distraction of conversation was now gone. Right. So I, my mind wasn't on how I had to pee. Uh, we were talking. Then she left, and all of a sudden, I'm alone. And I'm alone with the thought, oh, my God, I have to pee like I've never had to pee before. <laughs> so I was about five minutes from my house. So I just decided I'm going to power through. I'm not going to pee on some suburban mother's lawn. I've so, done that before. Everyone's done it, but for some reason on this night, I want to be a brave soul. And I was like, I'm going to power through. I'm not peeing on someone's lawn. So I, I walk at a fast pace to my place. Mm -hmm. And as I'm getting closer, the pressure's building up. I had to put my hand sort of on my crotch to sort of hold, literally hold my pee in. Right. Which I feel like almost makes it worse because you're, you're pushing it out almost. I was sort of pushing up. Right. I was sort of, I sort of cupped my, my my testicles and my it's a family friendly show it's true but I, but we're talking about biology here <laughs> we're talking about keeping pee in because everyone's been through that situation you have to keep mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Your urine inside of you. So I sort of just pushed it back up into my body, back into my kidneys. Probably made my. Um, I don't think it's supposed to go back up into your body. Well, it went back into somewhere. <laughs> and I keep walking, and then I get to my house, and the door's locked. So I go to reach for my key, and I relieve pressure mm. from my genitalia. Genitalia. Not a good move. I unlock the door. I know I have seconds left. It's honestly, it's like when a big tidal wave is coming into like a seaside town and they put all the sandbags mm-hmm. uh, by the water to sort of hold the water back. And then, and then, you know, something breaks through the sea, the, the sandbags and they sort of float down and you know, it's only moments before this entire town is obliterated by Russian water. So in this scenario, your pants are a small seaside town. <laughs> yes. And my hand is a large collection of sandbags. Right. And P is the That's the ocean baby. Wave. Yeah. Yes. So a golden shower if you will. Yes. So I I walk into my home and the bathroom is about 7 feet up to my right. It's very close. Yeah. I swing the door open. I I can't make it. I can't make it the seven feet. I realize it's happening. As soon as I relieve pressure, it sort of started to just come out. The wave's coming. The wave's coming. And I fell to my knees in the front entrance hallway of my parents' home, and I just mm. completely pissed my pants. And I not a little bit came out. The whole thing. The whole, all of it. And how wet did your socks get? Very. Yeah, the see, whole that's thing. The I was worst. soaked the whole way through. In my opinion, there's nothing worse than wet socks. I agree. Whether it's uh, pee soaked or water soaked, you don't want to slosh around with soggy socks. No. Horrible feeling. So I and can only imagine what it must be like to be on your knees with hot, warm water pee. that smells like urea yeah. dripping down into your sock, getting underneath your foot, your ankle, soaking in your toes. Well, luckily I was at home, so I could clean up immediately. However, the fact remains I just peed all over the front entrance of my home. Did you clean it up? Did 100%. You must have smelled. I must have. Yeah. Well, you to. must have. You don't remember. Well, I was That's the problem. What if, was... what if you just went to bed and your parents woke up and there's like... Just a puddle? Like a chalk... Like, you know when police <laughs> outline something, it's like a chalk drawing? But instead they just see like a pee-soaked body of like, you know... Just me lying in my own urine. Yeah. <laughs> I just passed out on the floor as soon as I You're peed. Like, hey, mom, what's for breakfast? And she's like, Josh, you peed all over my nice linoleum floors. <laughs> <laughs> the and weird thing is, and you know all the fun stuff. The weird thing is, I actually have like a a large number of friends who have um, shit their pants as adults, like as fully functioning human beings um, with jobs and with with bills to pay. They have shit their pants in in the recent past, and I have like a, a small collection of friends that applies to. See, and I don't because we are. What I would say more mature. One of my friends who did this is, is your age, actually. Well, that's probably because they are not as mature, mature, as someone of my stature. See, I'm smart. I go around knowing that the chance to poo your pants is always there. <laughs> Therefore, you must always be prepared. That's true. So... Do you always bring a change of clothes? I was just about to say, I always bring a diaper. An oh. adult diaper. Because you just never know. 
So you always okay, always because come prepared. Do you always wear the adult diaper? You always bring it because arguably. Well, I don't always bring it. Well, I, no, sorry, I don't always wear it because it chafes sometimes. Right, but if, on how hot if you're not, it is. how prepared are you if you just have the diaper? Because if the shit starts to come and you're not wearing the diaper yet, you're out no, of luck, but my friend. You, ha- you have time. You always have time. I do you though? Yeah, I mean, I've never had this happen to me, but I'm always prepared because you just don't know. Right. Unlike you, you're younger. You're more you know, reckless. You're really not thinking about these things. I No, I regularly think about the fact that I might shit my pants. See, I don't have to. Because, because you the have the diaper. Yeah. Take a few tips from the old man. I can try. <laughs> Get a diaper. Get a sleep mask. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish I had a sleep mask. That would help so much in my life. It would. I, I So I had a friend, one of these friends who, who shit the pants, actually, it happened, um, he was going to work for the CRA for his very first day on his first real adult full-time job. And he's driving to work and he's stuck in traffic and he realizes uh, it's happening. He's going to take a shit. And so there's nothing he could do. He's stuck on the highway. He just lets it happen. He just shits his pants and goes into work Hmm. with a huge turd in his khakis. Seems like there's a lot of things he could have done to avoid that whole situation. I.e., go to the bathroom earlier, open up the window, and take an air dump. But st- bring it. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's like in Rat Race. What's okay? When John what? Lovitz makes his daughter poo at the moving car. Uh, no, you've never, <laughs> I've never seen that. You've no. never seen Rat Race? Uh, no. Oh my I god, it's fantastic. I mean, it's it's an okay movie, but it's great. At the end, when Smash Mouth comes out at the charity event, and they play All Star. I'm not familiar with any of this. Oh my god! I'm definitely not familiar with it. Great so cast. How do you poo out of a moving vehicle? You're so she's prairie dogging, as they put it in the movie. Right. I know what that the, is. The uh, tip of the poo is 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 protruding, protruding from the bum out of hole. your buttocks. Yes. And so the the problem is so the whole movie is revolved around these these people in a Las Vegas hotel. They get roped into this uh, race, pretty much, mm-hmm. where they have to go all the way to New Mexico. And in a, in a locker in a train station is a million dollars. So you got John Lovitz, you got Cuba Gooding Jr., Rowan Atkinson, um, Amy Smart, and they're basically on a race. And John Lovitz is with his family. And he's, he didn't tell them about the money. So he's just like, they're going, they're leaving Vegas, they're going on this road trip, and they're speeding on the highway in a van. And his daughter's like, Dad, I need to go. I'm Prairie Dog. And he's like, no time, no time. Basically, it just ends up where... He- <laughs> <laughs> she just basically stands up and just sticks her ass out the window as the car's just flying down the highway. And now, just shits onto the highway. Uh, yeah, I mean, you don't see it because that would be disturbing considering she's a child. But I think the funny thing is is that your friend just could have done this in traffic because he's not moving, so it's a lot more safe. Right, but you're suggesting that my friend open up his window. When he's the one operating the vehicle, he's alone in the car. Yes. He opens up his window and and at moving defecates. At, defecates onto the highway, moving at such a slow pace that everyone around him could very clearly see the entire process. Yeah, but no one knows who he is. What if his boss is? Well, I figure nearby. he was late to work. I don't think he was. I there. don't think he was late to work. I think he ended up on time. So why did he not just stop off at a store and because buy a new he would have been late? That would uh, he would have made would have made him late. Well, then you just say you were stuck in traffic due to a defecation accident that happened. 
I think so you got to think about the consequences. You got to think of the future. You got to think of ways to prevent these situations. I agree. By by pooing your pants and just walking into your office on your first day is not the right move to make. You no. you buy a change of clothes. I would argue pooing your pants in any context <laughs> is not the right move to make. There's almost no situation in which you could say, and then I shit my pants. So I definitely did the right thing there. <laughs> like unless you're a baby without any concept of etiquette. Right. Then yes, you're correct. I would, or if you're on a bad date. Hmm. If you're on a date and it's not going well, you're like, and then I shit my pants. So that ended and I went home, ate some spaghetti. Yeah, you're going to be known as that guy that pooed his pants though. Even if it never happened. That's true. I wouldn't do that. I would bring the diaper because it's a conversation starter. Is it? Yeah. Do you tell people that you carry a diaper? Oh, all the time. Oh. My dog knows. Um, That's about it. So you just told your dog. Well, yeah. Because she can't tell anyone, because she's not smart enough. Because she's a, she's not a non-human, non-human person. Exactly, she's a, a true canine. Right. Yeah. That's Who interesting. does not have the same rights as you and me. Right. Which is fair, because she doesn't deserve them. Right. She has the right to eat and the right to go outside to go to the bathroom, but she doesn't have the right to get a library card and get an education. Well, at least she goes outside to go to the bathroom. Because I have another friend, who, um, we we had been drinking together and. He sort of the end of the night was coming. It's an, uh, this is from it would have been five years ago, probably. Right. So you were about six. No. Yeah. Teen. Six. T four. Six. <laughs> no. <laughs> so this is first year in university, and you were smart enough to go to university. I was. No. That's shocking. Well, I went to Carleton. Oh right. So, yeah. yeah. So. Because you're from Ottawa. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So not really. No, you're not smart. Um, and so my buddy was at Carlton too, and uh, we'd been drinking, and he went to the bathroom, and uh, he felt uh, he was going to throw up. So he, he got on his knees, and he prepared to do what you do when you throw up mm-hmm. in the toilet. He did that, and then partway through that, he is actually, you know what? I think I have to take a poo. So he gets back up on the toilet. He does his business. Partway through this, he's thinking, you know what? I'm not done throwing up. So he gets back on his knees to continue throwing up in the toilet. Unfortunately, the other stuff wasn't done either. But it was too late. It was coming at the same time. So he shat onto the floor hmm. of the bathroom of my residence. Yeah, that's not something I would do. No, that's a bad move. Yeah. Now, do you think Johnny Depp... Has ever done that? Yes. Because yeah, I like I to think yeah. that people we don't know have. And my thing with, you know, people like that is people look up to someone like Johnny Depp, like he's a god. But I can guarantee you, well, he he probably threw up and pooed his pants just as much as you and me. And he ain't no god, let me tell you that right now. No, well, I I think that Johnny Depp is the kind of man in his adulthood who has shit his pants. Probably, in one of his, like drug binges or something yeah which is kind of scary because people look up to johnny depp as some sort of hero right and they probably don't know that he they don't know pants. that he just pooed his pants last week due to a ketamine overdose which granted did not happen so don't sue us but i'm just saying it could and it, might it, have. it very well could have but i like to think that someone like johnny depp 
has a bit of a hold on his life. You know, he's been through some tough times. You would think, hopefully, that he's changed a bit. Now, that being said, do you think he knows how to do his own laundry? Because I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Not at all. Ironically, because if he's been shitting his pants, he's going to want to learn how to do his own laundry because that's exactly. that's just a horrible thing to put on someone else. Well, but I feel like at that point, if you like have a maid or a cleaning person or something, you just don't care. I, oh, like, I you know don't what? know, man. I just shat my pants. Just clean it up for me. No. It's, I got 80 it's pairs of thing, lucky jeans in my closet. I don't care. It's one thing to hand off your clothes to a maid to wash or whatever, and they're just regular dirty. But when you shit your pants, I think... You've got to have some discretion there. Those pants are going to have to stay with you. If you're going to wash them, you wash them yourself. Well, Preferably, maybe, you set them on fire. I was just about to say, maybe he's got his own incinerator. Yeah. Which would make sense. But like, I like to imagine him going to a, you know, some sort of coin-operated laundry factory, and he's standing there, in that, like in the episode of The Simpsons when Skinner has to do his own laundry, and he's got like a jug of Tide and a jug of Sunbright. And he's looking at it, and he just doesn't know what to do. Right. And you have, like, this, like, frail old man come over to him and, like, help him out, you know, help him do his laundry. And it's just kind of funny because it brings him down so many pegs that you're able to laugh at this man. Right. And think that he might be a multimillionaire celebrity, but look at the joke. Look at this joke of a man who doesn't even know how to wash his own poop-stained underwear. It's sad, and it's funny because I know how to do my own laundry. Therefore, I am better than most celebrities. You think most celebrities don't know how to do their laundry? I think 85% of them do. Like, John Hamm definitely knows how to do his laundry. Yeah. 100%, hands down. There's no question. No. Jason Statham definitely knows how to do his own laundry. Because yeah. he's, he's always working out, getting sweaty. What about Jason Sudeikis? Jason Sudeikis, I think he used to know. I was about to say, I think he used to know yeah. how to do laundry. I think he's probably since forgotten. I think so. I yeah. think he just kind of doesn't care anymore. No. Because he definitely has people to do it for him. Either maybe his wife, I don't know if he's married, or a longtime nanny. I think he is married. He's married to someone. He must be married. I think he's married to like Olivia Wilde or something. Was he really? No, I thought Olivia Wilde was married to, um, oh no, maybe you're right. I think No, right. he's married to Kay Cannon. Was married to Kay oh, Cannon. Oh, she wrote... Uh, Pitch Perfect. And Blockers. No, she directed Blockers. She directed Blockers. Blockers was an incredible movie. I know. I've been meaning to see it. you you got to see it. it. For anyone who uh, listens to us, our two subscribers, which is you and me, um, yep. go see Blockers. Oh, yeah. You're right. Olivia Wilde. That's incredible. Is she mar- is She's she engaged to Jason Sudeikis. They've been dating oh. since 2011. Guys, I wish you all the best. Marriage is a beautiful thing. How do you know? I looked at Wikipedia. Oh. That's how you found out marriage is a beautiful thing? <laughs> yeah, like, you know, Harvey's makes your marriage a beautiful it's thing. <laughs> Sponsored by Harvey's. That's it. So if you got married at Harvey's, that's what the song that would play. <laughs> Free burgers for life, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's get hitched. Gay marriage right now. Let's go. You want to do it? For free burgers? Well, what if we got married and we just, we did it for the sponsors? Let's just. I wh- feel like it destroys the whole sanctity of the struggle to get gay marriage to be legal. If we do that's it as true. a joke. That's true. Now, that being said, if there's a lifetime of free hamburgers involved... I think the gays might be okay with it. I think it might be allowed. Yeah. You've been on vacation. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've lived. You've been around. Experienced. You've, you've, you've traveled. I've and done. You've, uh, you've slept in many beds. Uh-huh. I have. What is the worst vacation experience you've ever had? Um, oh, that's a good question. Probably the time where I was struck with food poisoning coming home from Israel. I thought you were going to say struck by lightning. 
I was like, yeah, that definitely takes mm, some cake. That would suck, but I've never been struck by lightning. Okay, neither have I. The opportunity is still there, so thunder and lightning, if you're hearing me, let's get at it, baby. <laughs> you want to get into bed with thunder and lightning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My two guns right here, thunder and lightning. Let's go. <laughs> no, I think it would probably be the time where I had a horrendous bout of food poisoning. Um, it was my last day in Israel. We were out the night before, and whatever I ate must have killed me. Because I woke up the next morning at 5 a.m. And from then onwards, I was throwing up about every five minutes. That's not great. No. Now, our flight home was at 12 p.m. And our cab was coming around 10. So I had a solid five hours in the hostel with my two friends where I was just stuck in the bathroom. But the best part was that it was a uh, it had a floor shower. So a lot of places in Europe have a shower in a bathroom like all in one so right right, right. you can clean those yeah like you can clean the floor with the shower right which was very convenient yeah um anyway so the cab comes around 10 o'clock and i'm sitting there like can we please get to a bathroom and finally we ended up making it to the airport and the thing with israeli security is that there's about three different levels of it and they grill you while you're in line like while you're doing anything because they like a george foreman pretty much yeah. yeah so we get inside and we're in line just to register, not register, but to like get up to the counter, give them our passports and get our tickets. Right. This is like the first thing you do in an airport. And so we're waiting in line and I'm like, I can't do this. I have to go to the bathroom. I went in and out of the line like three times. Anyways, I'm back in and the security guards just start coming around the border people and they just start like grilling you, like asking you the most intense questions. Like and personal questions. Yeah, very personal questions because they're trying to make sure no one's a terrorist. Right. So they're like grilling me on these questions and I'm like, all I'm thinking about is how much I need to throw up. So finally we get past that section and then we have to take this bus. It sounds like me at the doctor's. Yeah, it's horrendous. Morning. Yeah, just being grilled on questions while all I want to do is puke. Yeah. But these are like questions trying to trip you up. Right. Like, do you speak Hebrew? No. But you just told me you went to Hebrew school. Well, yeah, I went to Hebrew school, but I don't have to speak Hebrew in Canada. Well, then blah, blah, blah. What do you do? And it's like, it's like yeah. drives you crazy. Anyway, so we had to take this bus to the next terminal and it's like a crazy bus. It's full of people. It's like 35 degrees outside. All I need to do is <laughs> throw up. <laughs> and so we get to the terminal. Again, I'm in and out of line to go through security. Finally, we make it inside the main airport and I go to the pharmacy or the general store, whatever it was, and I'm looking at the medicine. I, I can't read. Everything's in Hebrew, so I can't read it. And I'm trying to explain but to one of the... you went to Hebrew the, school. Exactly. <laughs> But I'm so I'm trying to explain to one of the the store clerks there. I'm like miming like my stomach hurts, throwing up, blah blah. And they're like, I don't understand. So I went to the main desk, and the woman there speaks English. And I ask her, Do you have any like anti anti nausea medication? She looks on the computer. Oh yeah, no, we don't have any anti nausea medicine in the entire airport. And I'm like, What the hell How are the you hell talking is that possible? about? It's not possible. No. No. So I'm like, What the hell is going on? So finally, we make it onto the plane. It's about seven hours. I have nothing left in me. I'm so, so weak. I like can't walk. I get on the plane, and it's an Air Canada flight. The stewardess speaks English. I ask her, do you have any gravel? Gravel, not gravel. <laughs> it's like Advil, gravel. Do you have any gravel? Yeah. I ask her, please, I need gravel. She <laughs> says, okay, right away, sir. Anyways, two hours goes by before she comes back with my gravel. <laughs> I'm not even joking. She completely forgot, and I like passed out for like 10 minutes. <laughs> Finally, I took the gravel, fell asleep for an hour, woke up, absolutely perfect. But it was about seven hours, seven, eight hours of absolute, complete torture. That sounds like hell. They had no 
anti-nausea medication in the entire Tel Aviv airport. <laughs> Go and explain that one to me. I had a somewhat similar experience. Um, I was on vacation in Cuba uh, with this big group of friends. and This isn't the mug story again, is it? No. <laughs> no, this is the same trip, different story. Um, but again, like all my stories, it includes just being completely wasted. So we were out for dinner. And most of the meals on that vacation, when you're at that kind of resort, are um, buffet. This was our one a la carte meal for the for the trip. Um, was it an all, it was an all inclusive? All inclusive, yeah. baby. So it was like one of those like steak restaurants or like the Benihana style. Oh, I wish. No, we oh. went to the Cuban style restaurant. Ooh, Cubanos. Not good. Yes. Yeah. So this resort had a bunch of different restaurants for like the Japanese restaurant, Italian restaurant. We went to the Cuban one. Now Cuba is not known for their food. If anything, they're known for having bad food. Yes. I've heard many a story. Why we went to this one, don't know. But it was my friend's birthday. We were celebrating. Our whole group of 16 people were there. Uh, I had been day drinking, as we had all been. Which, as we've been over, is a mistake at all times. Yes. But I was doing it, and I was too drunk to read the menu. So I decided to order the exact same thing as the girl sitting beside me. That was the Cuban-style beef. Ooh. I don't know what that means. It was probably horse meat. Probably. Or donk- they donkey meat. Probably something like Burrow. that. It looked like, uh, well, actually, the girls in beside me who uh, ordered this stuff said it may have been uh, cow tongue. Hmm. I've it, never had tongue. Cons- yeah, I've never had tongue. But I it's good. Well. It's a delicacy in the deli uh, community. You've never had tongue or you've never had tongue? Tongue. Tongue. You've never had tongue or you've never had tongue. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? You don't get it? I've never eaten tongue. Yeah, it's beef, very different. Beef tongue. Yeah. Yes. Um, so that may have been what I had. Unfortunately, the story gets worse. The girl who was sitting beside me, the next day we had a small bus trip planned to Havana. So we were going to wake up. We we're going to get on this bus. We we're going to take like an hour and a half away into Havana, spend the day sightseeing and come back. We wake up the next morning dying. I mean... The day of the bus trip. Day of the bus trip. The bus is leaving half an hour. I wake up. I am shitting buckets. I am... It is coming out of me like like water out of a fountain at the Bellagio. Which is a Gross. reference to the last podcast. It's a nice uh, little it's throwback true. there. If you were one of our two subscribers, you would have known. Yeah. So it's coming out of me. Apparently, she's puking... She's been puking all through the night. So we got to get on this bus and sit there and try to hold down our bodily functions for the remainder of the day. And when you go into Havana, all the bathrooms, there's no mirrors. You have to pay for toilet paper. I don't know. That's just the way it is. There's no mirrors in public bathrooms. You have to pay for toilet paper. So I'm walking around just trying not to shit my pants. See, again, this whole situation could have been avoided. How? With the adult diaper. Right. Okay, yes. In that case, I, I argue if you put on an adult diaper at the beginning of the day, you're probably good to go. <laughs> but I didn't. Because you were wrong. I, I couldn't get an adult diaper in time before I got on the bus. That's your fault for not bringing it with you on the whole trip. It's true. But you know what? That's actually not... I don't even think that's the worst vacation experience I've had. I, I went on a cruise with my family. So you just told this whole story about the worst vacation experience you ever had. Well, no, I- and then promptly ended it by saying, this was not the worst vacation experience I've ever had. <laughs> I was building off of your food poisoning story. 
Yes. But I think the worst thing that ever happened was I was on vacation with my parents. We were on a cruise, and one of the stops was in uh, Rome. And I've been to Rome. Yeah, it's it's nice. Yeah, it's very nice. A lot, we, of, lot of cool stuff to see there. Did you go to the Vatican? I did. Did you get kicked out of the Vatican? No, because I covered my shoulders. Ah, uh, yes. See, <laughs> I covered my shoulders. I still got kicked out. Um, By we the were, Swiss guards? Yeah. We were walking through. <laughs> I don't know why the Swiss people were there. They're just everywhere. No, I mean, how did you get kicked out? Oh. The Swiss guards are the guards of the Vatican. Are they? Yeah. That's what they're called? Yep. Why aren't they called the Italian guards? Because they're not Italian. They're Swiss. That's weird. No, it's not. Is it? It's history. Look oh. it up. Read yeah. a book for once. I don't. You yeah. don't read Harry Potter, so. Harry Potter is not a historical fact. It's a book. It's not a it book. It is a historical There's fact. So it's many a problems with Harry Potter. It's a historical depiction of 1990s London. It's not We've a historical been through this depiction. already on this episode. There's no this Power exactly, Rangers. There's no Pokemon references. This is exactly there's how no, London was in the 1990s. There's no Gulf War references happening. Nope. Because guaranteed the Gulf War would have been solved by magic, I'll tell you that. I, I agree with you. A it. lot of political issues happening I in this I very much agree with you. So many issues. We are 100% on the same page. I hate Harry Potter that they don't explain what's going on in the physical world. Moving on. So, I'm in Rome. We're in the Vatican. We're walking through the Sistine Chapel. It's very busy. My yeah, brother, there. my brother gets lost. Idiot. Yeah, How? he wanders off ahead. We lose him. My parents say, "Go find your brother. Bring him back to us." Because he was young. Like, at the time, I was probably 14. He was probably a little older than 10. So I run off to go get him. Did he bring his compass with him? No. What? <laughs> What, so, do you think my brother's just a 10-year-old boy who wanders around with a compass at all times? Well, how else does he know what direction to go? I I don't know. It's the Sistine Chapel. There's about 500 people walking through it in one direction. There's not a lot of ways to know, to get lost. So Yeah, if he had his compass, he would have not got lost. True. Again, so you're you're advocating that everyone goes everywhere with a compass and a diaper. Yeah. Why not? I don't see why not. Do you want to be alive? Yeah. And find yourself, Sometimes find no. your place, find your direction in life? Kind of. Exactly. It's a metaphor. Okay. So uh, so he's book, he's Josh. walking through the Sistine Chapel, and I go ahead to get him, and I, I walk through a bunch of rooms, and then I accidentally leave. I accidentally exit the Vatican. <laughs> what do you mean you... I, I exit you did just leave the church. You left the entire Vatican. Like, I, I left... Yeah, I walk out some door and all of a sudden I'm not inside anymore. I try to get back in. The Swiss guard's like, no, you can't come in. Show us a ticket. I don't have my ticket on me. My parents have my ticket. So I'm standing out there. It's pouring rain. Did you not walk by this guy on your way out? Like, how did it work? I don't know. I kind of just, no, I just, yeah, I did. I, I sort of exited and then I was like, wait a minute. This isn't where I want it to be. So didn't he see you leave? Yeah, he didn't care. <laughs> he also didn't care as a 14-year-old boy. He felt very threatened by me. The, the 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 whole entire security of the Vatican was threatened by my presence. Which is funny because you think more people in Vatican would be pretty excited to see a fourteen year old boy. You would. Well, that's too dark. No, I think that's <laughs> I think that's little, completely it's fair. A little dark. Uh, I like that joke. <laughs> a little dire. Ah, uh, it's dire consequences. <laughs> dire circumstances. Whatever the hell the theme is. We are going dark on the green hour. Oh baby. Um. Let's yeah. So he does not allow me in. I'm not allowed to repenetrate the mm. Vatican. Gross. And uh, my parents are still looking for my brother at this point. And then the big problem was the cruise ship. So Rome is not a seaside town. No, it's not. So when you're on a cruise, you have to drive like two hours in to get to Rome. Mm -hmm. That cruise ship leaves at a certain time. 
and it's two hour drive back to the ship. This cruise ship was leaving in like just over two hours. We had to book it out of there and we didn't have my brother and my parents didn't have me. So what did they do? I don't remember. <laughs> they enjoy the rest of the tour. <laughs> they just enjoyed the rest of the tour and thought, you know what? Let's just leave it into God's hands. We're in God's, we're in God's place God's now. House. Let's leave it in his hands this and let's see what happens. Room. And we made it back in time, but I think we made it in the nick of time. How did you find your parents? Um, they exited. They wound up exiting the same way I did, but they failed my brother. Where was he? Um, he, I don't know. Pooping. I must have passed him in the crowd. He was crowd. probably pooping in God's toilet. Probably. But I was trying to get back into the Vatican. They're like, no, you cannot get back in. You're like, we don't care if you're a 14 year old boy who's yeah. lost their parents. Uh, go fuck yourself. Unless you're a cardinal. Have fun in Italy. Yeah. See, Italy is a great place, but it's also not a place I want to like anger people because Italians Italian, are very animated people. They're very angry. And it's, you know, I mean, I've been to New York. There's Italians a lot of Italian Americans. Italians are people for the most yeah. part. It's there's scary. a lot, like, you can't really get on their good side once you've angered. No. Yeah, I, so you, sometimes you can't even get on the good side. Period. It's true. I mean, I have Italian friends, and we hate each other. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. Do, do we do we hate Italians? No. No. No, we love Italians. I think Italians hate us. Italians hate us. It's different. Yeah. I love pizza. Love pasta. I just had pizza. Can't get enough bocconcini cheese. I love Italians. So do I. Best friends with Italians. Anyways, I've been mean to ask you. Yeah. On the uh, Under the theme of, of dire... Uh, was it dire circumstances? I think it was dire consequence. No. Dire circumstances. Dire circumstances. Yeah. How bad, generally, do you let a situation get before you um, call a parent or a friend? And, and you know, like on Who Wants like to Be a Millionaire? Like, what kind of situation? Any situation. Like, you know, on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, one of your lifelines is call a friend. Yeah. How poorly do you let something uh a certain scenario you find yourself in get before you call for help see i i think i think i'm one of those people that is more willing to get help than others okay because i i find a lot of people they get into a situation where they don't know what they're doing so say for example i'm not going to go crazy here but let's say like you're building a deck okay right and you have no experience building a deck and you're drilling stuff and you're nailing things down, but then like you realize like you don't know how to pour concrete and all the concrete you poured is just wrong. Your deck is falling over. You're like $5,000 in debt. Your wife's getting mad at you for building this stupid deck when you should have called the guy. I would have called the guy before even thinking about building this deck. Right. You would have consulted him from the get-go. Yeah. Because I'm one of those people where I realize if I don't really know what I'm doing or if I can't help you, like if you're having a heart attack, I'm not going to try and do CPR because frankly, I would be terrified and I would probably kill you. Right. So in that case, I would call somebody. I'd call 911. I would call the deck guy to come over and build this deck. I wouldn't really jump into a situation too willing to handle it on my own. Right. Unless I really know what I'm doing. But like if I'm at a party and someone, you know, is like having a seizure, or if I'm on the beach and someone's having a seizure, or I'm building a deck and my wife has a seizure. Like, what I'm is not the seizure situation? <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't know how to handle that situation. Would yes, you... I was a lifeguard. Yeah, I took some CPR training in my NLS course, but that was years ago. I would not feel comfortable helping someone in a life-threatening situation. Would, okay. Would you? 
No, absolutely not. I would let them die because I honestly, I think if someone was dying in front of me. You wouldn't call for help. You would let them die. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> if someone was dying in front of me, I honestly, God, think whatever I would do to help them would make it worse. I think they die in more pain. For help. They die in more pain if I tried to help. So if you were in a situation, you would let it get so bad that you would you would let your ego overcome you and you wouldn't even call for help because you don't want someone to come and overshadow what you've done, which is nothing to help save this person's life. Yeah, that sounds about right. You would rather let them die so that they couldn't shame you. Yeah. Once they recover. Exactly. Because I don't want to try to save them and it goes so badly, but it, it doesn't go quite badly enough for them to not be saved like I end up saving them but I do it so poorly that they when they come back they're like what the fuck were you thinking why did you um why when you try to perform CBR CPR did you just keep like CBR CBR <laughs> like Canadian back resuscitations yeah I why'd you massage my back when you tried to get like a, a <laughs> yeah, piece of joking. onion out of my <laughs> out of my esophagus you don't need essential why did you do right elbow now? drops onto my stomach but so you're saying you, though you wouldn't even call for help, like you wouldn't call a parent or friend or even emergency services, because I think that's a little strange. I just don't want to be helped, and I, th- I'm, I'm very, I take what comes to me, and I think that if I find myself in a situation that's going very badly, it was meant to go very badly, and I'm gonna ride that wave, uh, as as far as it'll take me, and let's just see how bad it can get. So I love to see kinda, how bad things can get. So you just kind of believe in karma. Yeah. And I, I believe in, in everything happens for a reason. And I believe, uh, I want to, while I'm on earth, I want to experience as much as possible. And I think that really horrifically awkward, horrible, weird, uncomfortable and dangerous situations, um, fall into that umbrella of, you know, experiencing as much as possible. See, it's kind of funny you mentioned that too, because have you heard of the the call of the void? No. Do you know what this is? No. So it's it's the feeling where you're driving really fast on a highway or you're standing over a cliff and you just kind of want to jump or you want to swerve into that oncoming car. It's that feeling of, I kind of want to see what, what would happen. I kind of yeah. want to do this. And I kind of feel that way in some situations too. For example, when the the last american presidential election was happening right obviously i didn't want donald trump to win but when it was like 10 30 and he had a lead on hillary clinton there was a little phone in the back of my mind where i was like i kind of want to see what happens i kind of yeah. i kind of want to see the bad side of things you kind of want to see him win because you want to see how low can we go yeah you want to like when you do the experience limbo. the darkness yeah like when you're on that cliff you don't you're not going to jump but you're you have a little thought going i kind of want to jump over right now into this gorge every once in a while i'm driving down yon street going south towards Yonge. lake it's pronounced Yonge. Yonge. i'm driving down yon street and i think i just want to put the pedal of the metal go like 120 kilometers an hour floor it through queen's key into the lake that's the call of the void yep that's the darkness inside everyone's mind yep that does manifest you don't want to kill yourself but you want to see what happens about it. yeah you want someone to win the presidency who does not deserve to win. No. You want to take your car and drive it over the Queen's Key Bridge. You want to get your driver's exist. license from a dolphin. I want to go to Service Ontario. Ontario. I want to have a gorilla wearing thick-rimmed glasses signed to me in sign language. Sir, can you please stand and don't smile? Because <laughs> nothing would make me happier than seeing a gorilla with some human rights. <laughs> 
I think that's a good place to end it. I think so too. It's a it's a inspiring end to an otherwise dark podcast. Yep. So this is uh, Josh Sharbett and Justin Kirschenbaum signing off on uh, episode three of the Green Hour with the ever absent Kurt Manfred and Stuart Reddy. There it is. Have a good one. You guys too.